Let me describe the scene in front of me. It's Friday night. I'm with my favourite person in the world and the dog. (laughs) (laughs) He's looking at us attentively. Uh, On the table, we're in our kitchen. We're sitting in our kitchen. It's dimly lit. It's about 6.30 in the evening. And of course, the the evenings now are getting that little bit lighter. Um, But it's still quite moody. We have a bottle of very nice wine. We have some warm bread, some olive oil with some balsamic, various food offerings from stuffed cherry peppers, I think, uh, some peanuts and some olives in a beautiful olive bowl that the guys at the Manoir presented for my birthday a few years ago. Um, and it's just lovely. It's just perfect. I'm Paul. This is my 100th episode. And this is the Mastering Portrait Photography Podcast. Cue music, obviously. <laughs> this is where I can eat and drink, is it? <laughs> well, not really, because uh, it's still recording. What I wanted to do on, on my 100th episode was to just sit with Sarah and update everybody, and I suppose have a chat ourselves, about the things that have happened, the things we've gone through, some of the stories that we've collected along the way, and really just put, a, a, I guess, a landmark episode. I don't get to talk to Sarah. Well, I don't get to record Sarah, rather, uh, very often. Um, so first things first, my beautiful wife, describe the wine. <laughs> what are we drinking? <laughs> well, this is made by the same producer as the wine that we have when we go on the cruises. They do a, a wonderful Alberino um, that we often have in the like the tapas bar. And what I noticed was when I went shopping this week was that they did a red version so I thought, well, it seems perfect to try it. And it's a nice story behind it. Um, it's a wine that's from the border, where Spain borders France. So it's got, um, it's quite French as well. And it's described as an old wine pretending to be a new wine. Oh. Yeah, so that's Okay, that's, that's like me. Old <laughs> pretending to be new. <laughs> I, like to think it's, I don't like to think I'm pretending... Uh, but certainly, uh, yes, <laughs> that's yeah. remarkable, that mate. What's the name of it? Where can you get it from? How much is it? Um, it's called Paco, Paco and Lola. It's a Tempranillo. Um, and I bought it in Tesco's, but um, I think you can get it from... When I did a quick Google search a minute ago, you can get it from all over the place. The Alberino is amazing. We had that the other day, yeah. the, the white wine. Um and this was twelve pounds. Very nice. That's yes. a nice spot of wine for pushing us. the boat, out, the boat for you. out a bit. Yeah. <laughs> my my one hundredth episode, and we're drinking a twelve pound bottle of wine. Go us! In the middle of a lockdown as well. Well, yes. hopefully towards the end of a lockdown now. How are you feeling? I can't wait now. I think we've got to the stage. Um, and I bumped into I walked the dog this afternoon, and I bumped into a couple of clients of ours and a couple move. of friends oh, I'm sorry, I'm no, you can sit how you like but I'm, yeah. I'm going to move the microphone <laughs> towards you because in my headphones you sound like you're talking in a cave oh okay there we go oh listen to that oh my no it's lovely you've got such a nice voice and um it was lovely to see them and they're really excited and about what's coming but they're also unbelievably fed up both yeah. of them <laughs> when I spoke to them I said how are you and they went oh my god we're bored (laughs) bored 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 and so the idea that things are um are going to change and change quite quickly and I think we've seen it this week where I've started contacting um people for family shoots and uh, I think we've just about got there with moving weddings I think now the wedding calendar is just about settled having you know having said that tomorrow morning Goodness, it has been a week, hasn't it, of um, real last-minute juggles. Just moving around the deadlines so moving, I think, one move from the 6th of June to the 30th of June. Uh, we had one very sad cancellation, which yeah. is always tough, that one. We don't know the story, do we? But don't it's, know it the sounded story. really melancholic. Yes, and that's always tragic. And uh, 
you just have to do the right thing you know and it's although it's financially really tough to hand back the money um they promise that when they do get married they will use us and um you have to hold on to that goodwill and do the right thing of course you do i mean it is tough it's tough for all of us but if we didn't do the right thing we're not going to keep them as a client and it's so hard in this environment to find good clients yeah having found them let's keep them that's right all right we'll take a short-term sting but and there was no quibbling we had you know they told us go on to the council and we handed the money back the next day you know there was I tried. Weeping. <laughs> I tried. Do you either of you need a headshot? Do either of you want to come for a family shoot? Yeah. It was a lovely email. You yeah. tried everything. Tried everything. Wow. No, okay. Would you like to buy the dog? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Okay. All right then. I'll give you your money back then. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which we've done, but we've backfilled it quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and we, we will see the bookings. It's a Saturday in August, so I will fill that three times over. Yeah. So, um, it's just tough because it's at a time where we're not really bringing in very much money mm. um but i know in the long run it'll be fine yeah so. and i know in the long run you're going to keep backing away from that microphone oh it's just i don't like it in my face <laughs> <laughs> i know but that's how microphones work okay. otherwise it's just an echoey room All our right. kitchen is lovely it's beautiful but it is made of hard shiny surfaces which makes everything quite echoey okay all right <laughs> my favourite reschedule of a, don't look at me like that you're recording a podcast alright that, that bit's committed to uh, my favourite reschedule is the wedding that moved itself off the Haddenham Beer Festival that made oh, me smile bless <laughs> goodness so this was um, this was a wedding which originally I think was booked for November yeah. last year and it was a really sad one because when the cancellation of all weddings towards the end of the year and they were only about a week away so it was absolutely awful for them so they moved to may which was great um then very quickly realized that there was no chance the wedding was going to happen in may so they then um asked us to go to france and said we're, we're having our wedding in france is that okay and um i very tentatively went back and said France is, is lovely and under any circumstances we would dream of doing a wedding with you in France but I can't ask Paul to quarantine for two weeks after your wedding <laughs> um, I said if we can if there are any other options and the quarantining changes quarantining whatever is quarantining a verb changes of course we'd love to help but as things stand unless you want to book Paul for two weeks yeah no <laughs> <laughs> So they then came back with um, another three dates in July, one of which was the beer festival. And this, and um, then fortunately came back this week and said, no, we don't want that one. We're going to book early in July. And it's all confirmed. I've sent them their booking forms, told them we're so pleased and excited for them. And, and you're booked to photograph the opening yeah. the barrels for the beer yeah. festival the night before. Well, I was, I was <laughs> genu- genuinely excited about their wedding anyway. I couldn't wait for it. And it was just, it kept moving around. The dates were moving. The location was moving. Mm. I don't know how many dates you were juggling for them at one point. Lots. Lots, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a real relief. Not only to confirm their wedding date, because it means I will get to shoot it, which I was really excited about. But then I'm not going to be shooting it on the Haddenham Beer Festival. And for those of you that know me, you'll know the Haddenham Beer Festival is pretty important to us around here. <laughs> we're only a little village. Uh, but the Beer Festival apparently is the UK's biggest one-day real ale festival choose my words carefully i think i've got that right it's big people come from all over the country to taste rare and beautiful ales uh, and the whole village turns out as volunteers so that's yes. that's what i will be doing so i've on been the doing day. the um the pims tent that's always good fun yeah. so uh, me and a couple of friends always help out in that tent um i think a couple of other of our friends do the lager that's yeah. the gosh, is everyone gets yeah. involved and you do your two hour stint and um, then you can enjoy the rest of the day with your, your friends. And so it's, it's always really good fun. And this year, our son can go. Oh, yeah. I thought that. Yeah, so first one for him. Jake was 17 when the last one happened and yeah. he'll be 19 this year. Yeah. So he can go to his, uh, legally, actually. Yeah. Well, <laughs> can go. he was, we never gave him beer. No. In the pre- no, he never had a beer in the previous ones ever. No. No, not at all. So he's, <laughs> he's Jake's is very excited. He wasn't really sitting on the grass in the sunshine with your dad drinking a beer. Well, that's my dad. Two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so that's the weddings jumping around. Uh, portrait style, how's that all looking? Well, I've book, been booking people in. Mm. It's been lovely. Been watching um, the emails. Yes. Yeah, so, first of all, 
I tried to book in everyone who, we had to reschedule from the start of the year and almost all of those are in so then I've contacted we did a Christmas voucher promotion so I've started to contact a couple of them and um, everyone's uh, well they, it's the usual caveats need to have my hair cut yeah. <laughs> before we, we can come yeah. in and also thinking through who's going to be involved in the shoot but um, it's lovely it really is I can see how the year's planning out but also I'm very very conscious that I don't want us to go back to the way it was where you work every hour God sends so I'm making sure I'm I'm keeping these blockers in so that you don't get burnt out again you know that you do learn some things through lockdown and and that has been a big lesson for me is that you've got to have probably Sundays just as our time and also we need to have at least one weekend off a month well I I don't mind whether it's a weekday or a weekend it doesn't now the kids have left home it doesn't really matter but it does to our friends are missing out on things and so yes I would like so that's what I'm trying to do so no. we'll see how we get on. And so know. tomorrow you've got me out in the cold building a shed. A workshop. <laughs> and it, you have never been so excited. I'm so excited. So excited. So excited. And new got, toys. I've got, I've got a nailer. Who oh, saw that coming? Goodness, all week all you've done is bought toys. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've bought tools. No. The necessary tools and a lot of wood. Can't wait. Well, I'm going to have a workshop. See. We shall see. I'm going to have a workshop, Sarah. I've never had a workshop. Or as Jake and I call it, the bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had noticed that there were design extensions to my shed and it apparently involves alcohol and the ability to serve people. But we'll get there. As long as you don't mind sawdust in your beer, it'll be fine. Uh, but I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. I spent all day driving around picking up, well, literally picking up wood. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, very excited about that. Um, commercial side, how's that all looking? Commercial side, we've restarted last week with headshots yeah um and yeah no we've we we did was it two two last Three, week or two. i've just booked goodness even this evening i've booked uh two people in for next week so we've got a really interesting author that we've worked with for a long time and also a client from switzerland who's got one of their directors over here is coming in um so yes it's just nice to have people back in the studio you know we're, we're doing all the right things we're Socially distancing, the studio's been cleaned, we've got a lot of hand sanitizer and visors, yeah. and we're tr- being really cautious, but it's still so lovely to see people. Well, it also helps that of the two of us, at least I have, <laughs> I know Sarah, you're waiting for yours, but I have had my vaccine now, Yeah. which uh, apparently according to the data, which I didn't know until today, reduces the transmittability by 30%, which means if I'm in, t- if I'm in contact with someone... Well, it doesn't. Well, basically, anyone I live with or I'm in contact with, there's a thirty percent reduced likelihood that they will get COVID through me because I've had the vaccine. Oh, I never right. knew that. Yeah, that's great. And the, I've been helping down at the vaccine centre in um, uh, one of our local villages, and the people are so grateful. You know, the I've never ever done a job where everyone comes out the door and says thank you to you yeah. um, for volunteering. You know, and it's a. Uh, it makes me feel really good every time I go. Yeah, no. <laughs> so doing my little bit and giving back. <laughs> well, after you told me those stories, I made a real point yeah. of being super nice to everybody when I went to get my vaccine. Because mm. they were lovely. I mean, they were lovely to me. They, they chatted. They seemed genuinely pleased to see us. Yeah, we um, are. We well, are yeah. genuinely. <laughs> well, this is the only way out, right? Mm, absolutely. You know, there's no. There's no. There's no other way out of a pandemic except for herd immunity. Either induced by everyone catching it or induced by everyone having a vaccine one way or yeah. another so what else yeah you've got to be excited about it what have you missed most over the last 12 months um so seeing people people it's just mm. people i've missed i had a joke with you this was it yesterday morning or this morning and i said i know what we'll do let's go into oxford uh, your let's, usual let's go for a walk around do yeah. a bit of shopping and then we can go to that lovely sushi bar and and um have dinner and uh, we can't do that, you know, that, that, that side of it. And when I bumped into a really, really good friend of mine today, I haven't seen her for weeks. And I really miss it, really, mm. really miss seeing those people. And I haven't seen my family for a long time. So I've got so many plans, as you would imagine, Yes, Paul. I can imagine. Yes, yeah. of all the things we're going to do this year <laughs> and all the people we want to see. These are, these are my supposed days off, right? 
Then their days off because you're with your people. Oh, you right. See. Okay. There's still, I feel still, I still feel like I'm being planned into things, but. Yeah. And you will enjoy yourself. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be in the diary as today you will have fun. Yeah, keep, it, always says, it always says keep clear. Yeah. Uh, cl- clear headed, clear minded. Fun, organised fun. Organised fun. That's, that's what Harriet right. calls it. You isn't will it? have today, Paul. You today will have. I have organised <laughs> fun for you. <laughs> Tick. All the stages of the enjoyment first: excitement, mm-hmm. and later gratification, and then obviously gratitude uh, for all the things you've organised. Um, I have to say, you can feel it. You can feel it in almost everything, and you can feel it in the weather too. Uh, having said that, we were supposed to record this outside tonight. Um, having. One of our clients owns the garden centre in Haddenham. And last year, when I tried to get hold of a fire pit, you couldn't get hold of one for love nor money. We, well, a lot of money, you could. And so we asked our lovely client, could he just let us know when this year's stock came in? And I got a phone call yesterday, <laughs> driving back. Sarah rang me to say that he had rung her. The fire pits were in. Would I please get myself over to the garden centre, which I did. They were still unboxing. Literally, I got them to take the display apart, the one they just put together uh, so that I could pick one up. And that was the plan, was tonight was to sit outside with a glass of beautiful red wine on a kind of warm spring-like evening, but it's freezing it's out really there. Cold. really, really cold. <laughs> so we're in our kitchen. Didn't quite go to plan. Uh, so, uh, so that's all by means of update. And what I kind of, or it was actually your idea, it was more than mine. Because we were sitting one night drinking. And, and just to be clear, that's not, we don't drink that much. But on a Friday night, we'll open a bottle of wine um, and either talk ourselves into laughter or slumber, one or the other. And uh, we started giggling about some of the stories, <laughs> <laughs> some of the stories that have happened over the years. And we thought it's quite a nice way, the 100th episode, is to talk about some of the Funny things, the embarrassing things, mistakes, triumphs, but just stuff that makes us laugh, the various stories. Um, now, obviously, you can't see the scene. It's a beautiful scene in our kitchen. Um, there's wine, there's olives, there's bread, which is cooling down, beautiful, beautiful olive oil and all of the rest of it. Um, and then a pair of microphones and Sarah has got a mind map. <laughs> you couldn't make this up. <laughs> she's she's written it all out. And she's written it in big Sharpie because the light's quite dim in here. Uh, and you can't really see anything. Um, I've got, well, I'd like to say I've got everything in my head. But it's floored me slightly to find my wife working off a script. What did you expect? I, I know, <laughs> I know. You're the organised one and I'm the chaotic one. Uh, but I thought uh, we're going we're gonna to just reminisce, really. <laughs> now, one caveat to this is... Much as we laugh, and we do laugh about the things that have happened, Sarah's right. the the biggest The biggest sorrow of the past year has been that we've been separated from our people in various forms, friends, family, clients, and every story we're about to to, to reminisce about is told with affection. There's, you know, there's not. We love our clients; they're the nicest people in the world. But I also think it shaped. The business that we are, lots, oh, God, of, yeah. lots of them I can see, goodness, that happened and we went, oh my goodness. Yeah, we learned a lesson. Learned a lesson there. Uh, uh, I, I'll tell one to start with and then, because the, 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 there are various, there are many. Um, mine is a memory card story, uh, which is the very first wedding I shot ever. The memory card failed. Now, I've told this story a couple of times and I was I was doing a seminar the other day uh, with with someone and it was with a couple of other photographers and every every time I mentioned something that had gone wrong for me, the other photographer piped up, well, that's never happened to me. If you bought decent memory cards, it wouldn't happen to you. Well, it did happen to me and I was paying a fortune for my memory cards. These things happen to all of us. And I, that's one thing about this industry and I think that's kind of what's driven this po- this podcast a little is... I hope in the 100 episodes, or the 99 previous episodes, I hope you've picked up on the fact that I'm brutally honest about life. It isn't perfect. It isn't clear-cut. It isn't easy to foresee the mistakes and the errors that are going to come. And what really does frustrate me about this industry is this thing where you're not allowed to admit a screw-up. But the screw-ups are what shape us. The screw-ups are what define what we do next. Every cock-up taught me something. And for those of you who've listened in and, and um, 
heard me talk about my new love affair with the Nikon Z7 II. <laughs> You'll know I refused to pick up the Z7 because it only had one memory card in it. And because of this story, that's why I wouldn't do it. The memory card failed during a wedding. And I was lucky because it was a wedding that uh, I had had a chance to sit. Me and Sarah were having a sandwich. It was a posh wedding. It was so posh. <laughs> we were sat there uh, in the, around the edge having a sandwich. And I was flicking through the camera and realized that the card had failed during the group shots. Now, that was a lucky thing because the group shots, given I still had all of the guests there, I could fix that. And all I did was I, at the end, they, they had their lunch uh, and I went back in and said, the light, the light is so much better now. I think we should revisit the group shots because A, the light is beautiful and B, you've had some champagne, all of you. And I think that characterizes you so much better. The giggling, the laughter, the energy, the positivity, the cheering. This is all going to be so much better than the shots I've caught. And not once. This is, I mean, I don't think this client listens to the podcast. Uh, if they do, they've just realized that uh, the, the reason I dragged them all back out into the sunshine was because I'd had a memory card fail. Do you remember the look on my face? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I mean, we were really lucky with that wedding is that there was time. Mm. You know, there was there was a lot of time because there was a break and then there was yeah. an evening, an evening due. So there was the opportunity. And actually, the pictures were fantastic. And they really giggled. They yeah. really, really yeah, giggled. because they were drunk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and I was relieved they did it. And I think my energy... Yes. Um, and I should also just qualify. It was in the days when there was only one memory card slot on a camera. Um, it was also summer, right? So yeah. we had, had loads of time. We had loads of time. We had loads of sun. Um, oh, yes. But anyway, oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my one is uh, the one which is a proper test of our marriage. <gasps> you never yeah. told me you were going to oh, talk about this. Yes. Which test? Hang on. Which there have been many and various. Well, I do moan at you a lot about your timekeeping and that we have to be anywhere. And Paul says, I've got to be there. 15 hours before like when we go I was going to say when you moan about timekeeping it's because I'm always early oh, too early so even when we went on holiday um it was we, we only went with our son and we got to the airport before check-in had started this is the way Paul is he's incessant about arriving early well in this instance it worked in our favor <laughs> we went to uh, um it was one of the times where we traveled to a wedding actually on the day and it was over in Suffolk um, in a, in, <laughs> in a, I know where you're in going a beautiful this. windmill. And um, as we got in the car, we probably had, had had a row in the morning, I would imagine, because we always do. You know, we wouldn't have been speaking by the time we got in the car. We would have had to have gone out a cup of coffee and then things would have been a bit dreaded. And you threw the sat-nav at me and said, put the sat-nav in. So I put the sat-nav in. We drove for, what, three hours? It was three and a half hours. Three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, we're here. And we both looked around and went, there's no windmill. <laughs> there's no windmill. There's no houses. There's no anything except no, fields. Nothing. And I think yeah. you quite often said along the way, you said, are we going to the right place? I said, oh, of course we are. Yep. I, put the, I put the sat-nav in. <laughs> and then um, you said, well, well, should we just have a quick look and see whether you got it right? And uh, no, I'd, I'd put the wrong sat-nav in. And you didn't say anything because I thought, oh, this is it. I'm going to be walking now. Yep. I'm going to be out of the car. There's going to be an almighty <laughs> row. And all you said was... Oh, never mind, Dave. We put right that sat nav in. We've got plenty of time. That. Everything's fine. Yep. And uh, I yeah. think, from <laughs> recollection, I could be wrong, but I think you put in. I think the road we were on was the Foss Way or something very similar. It's a Roman road. That's a very long road, and that's all you put in without realizing that the Foss Way is about two hundred miles long. We were lucky; we were only an hour off. But it, this was a long time ago. It was yeah, about yeah. ten years ago, I think. This was one of our very first weddings. And we're still together. Oh goodness! But it was awful. That was uh, that was a proper. So now we 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 <laughs> night before we check the addresses. If you go any distance more than an hour, now you stay the night before. No. Um, we double check. One of the th- questions we ask the bride and groom is, please double check the postcode for us and. Oh, that was awful. But you, I must say you were wonderful because <laughs> I did think this is going to be it. This, this is going to be divorce proceedings. I'd forgotten about that. Oh, it was awful. Uh, it was a moment. It was a proper uh, moment, that one. But then uh, the odd thing about that story, there's a, there's a footnote to the story because it, uh, it wasn't the wedding, I don't think. I think it was the pre-visit. 
No, it was, was it the wedding? wedding. It was the actual was wedding. Oh, okay. You were very calm. Was that very calm? Very calm. That's unusual for me. <laughs> Usually I'm in a flat by then. Y- yeah. Um, yeah. We must have allowed so much time. Then. We allowed a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why we do it. Yeah. I hate driving a long way to a wedding. It scares the bejesus out of me. It was ever since um, I did a, I had a business meeting about 15 miles from here in a place called Marlow, and I drove up the hill after the meeting, joined the M40, heading uh, north west and there was no traffic none nothing zip nada no traffic just me and anybody else joining on our road after about a mile i got to the next junction and realized that in the opposite direction it was just nose to tail traffic it went on forever and it went on for about 15 miles and in the middle of that nose to tail traffic was one of our clients i could see his van i knew his van (laughs) as i sailed past watching just mile upon mile of static traffic going the opposite direction and realising that um, whatever had happened had happened on the other side of where I'd got onto the motorway. Well, I talked to that client afterwards and he said he was stuck there for four and a half hours. And that's what terrifies me. That could be me. Yeah. And that's why we allow so much time and we stay overnight. I'd forgotten that story though. Yeah, we, were not, we weren't even close. We were about an hour away. I think it was about, it added on about 45 minutes, oh, yeah. but nevertheless, <laughs> 45 that's, minutes of sweat. That, and a wedding, you, it's unusual to be, have, to have allowed that for well, contingency, should we call it? Contingency. Well I, don't, well, I do all the time. I mean, contingency is the name of the game with weddings. Whether you've got two memory cards, whether you've got two cameras, or whether you've got an extra hour to get yourself there. Yes. I'm, I'm happy to sit in a car park and wait and have a cup of tea. Yeah. I've and done. usually, actually, you arrive early because you get the, the scene setting shots yeah. as well. Well, I go so, talk to the venue normally. Yeah. Go talk to the, the wedding planners, uh, make sure everybody's all right. Uh, yeah, when you said it, it strained our marriage, I assumed it was something that I'd done. <laughs> I didn't realise you were going to tell that story. Yes. Uh, so what else have you got on your list of cock-ups? Um, should we talk about family life, how it's impacted on us as a, as uh, a family? Yeah, go on then. Well, we've, I think it, it's always Jake, isn't it, that comes out badly in all of these, where there's... Um, uh, bless him. When we had our studio at the house, we oh. we converted our uh. our garage um, into where we would have a studio and also where we used to have the reveal room. But because it's a garage, when customers used to come, they used to have to come into the house and use the loo. Now we never took them through the house. We you know we took them down the drive and they came in the front door, and the loo's right next to the front door, so they never. I had to see the chaos of our family home at that stage. Um, but there was one instance <laughs> where, because I always used to say to the children, don't use that loo. We've got two loos. Whenever we're, dad's in the studio, you must use the other loo in the house and all the rest of it. And um, that th- we had, they were young children as well, wouldn't they? So they wouldn't have locked the door. And I think it was a wedding client. Wasn't it was it? a wedding client. Knocked on the door. To find Jake sitting on the loo, <laughs> reading his magazine. He was reading a comic. <laughs> reading yeah. his comic. I don't know which comic it was, but he was sat on the oh. loo reading a comic. And I don't know what you do at that point. We're trying to build a very successful, high-quality, <laughs> <laughs> exclusive wedding photography outfit, or photography outfit in general. And our son is sitting in the loo, just looking bemused that a stranger has just walked in on him. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the many reasons we moved into a properly built, proper... Yeah separate leased independent of the house studio yes um we've also had a long string of slightly neurotic dogs oh <laughs> lovely dogs so the dogs are, have always been in some senses part of the character with the, all the links with the hearing dogs and the dogs that we've always had and so whenever um with wedding clients i always used to bring them in um a, a lunch and actually i used to make dobles didn't i yep, and everything Oh, yes, it was a yeah. lovely lunch that we used to do. I like the way you say used to. We still serve a really lovely lunch. We don't, but, but I don't make it. it we don't, just, we, we don't, buy everything yeah. in now from... Terrible. We stopped being a restaurant and started being a photography studio. Well, I couldn't make the bread at the studio, so that was part of yeah. it. Um, and uh, the dog would always come in and say hello, and usually people were very dog-friendly, and they'd giggle about the dog, and he would walk in with me, and I'd put everything down, and then Rufus would... No, it was Oscar it was at that Oscar. stage, wasn't it? Leave. And this, I don't know what happened, but the dog came in, walked over to our client and weed on their feet. Yep. And it wouldn't have been quite so dramatic had not our client 
who's a wedding client of ours, they'd come on a Sunday morning, and because it was a Sunday morning, they'd turned up in joggers, sweatpants, and he'd kicked his trainers off, sat back in the sofa. Oscar walked in and pissed royally couldn't, all over his feet. Couldn't believe it, honestly. So that was it. That was the that, the dog was then banned totally. Goodness. I remember the just, look on your face, my face. I was face, mortified. The Absolute. client's face has now got warm, wet. Well, he coped with it really well. He did. Considering, because I, I was just absolutely mortified. Because it's not something that the dog would normally do. I don't no. know what came over him. No, but I know what came over the client. Plus, <laughs> But they were so nice about it. Because I had yeah. offered to wash his socks while he was there. What were you going to do? Strip him? I mean, well, was, I'd have done anything. I was mortified. Uh, absolutely mortified. So that's it. The dog's, dog was then banned. Yeah. Ban- absolutely banned. It is funny, though. He never came in again. That was but it. We, it was I mean, the dogs... Do you remember when... Uh, was one of my assistants brought their dog that looked like <laughs> Fang <laughs> from Harry Potter? <laughs> yes. Brought into the, and, and Rufus just cowered. Yeah. And then another client brought in, I kid you not, a miniature Dachshund. Ferocious. And our dog still cowered. Oh, well, Rufus was mortified by that. He, um, It took him a couple of weeks before he'd go into the studio, wasn't it? Yeah, he because the he Because he would quite often go in and just put his head round to have a look. And that miniature thing growled at him yep. and showed him its... Because t- yep. it, it looked beautiful, but it was having none of it. But we, it did it behind the owner's back. Yeah. So every time the owner looked at the dog, the dog was sweetness and light. Oh. And yes. every time the owner turned its back, the dog growled. And growled at Rufus, and it took us ages to get Rufus to go in there because he was terrified, <laughs> he was. absolutely yeah. terrified. I couldn't get a shot of him. No, no, he wouldn't go in the studio. He just wet himself on the floor. Oh, Nightmare. Dogs. Nightmare. Yeah, you shouldn't work with dogs. Shouldn't work with no. dogs, honestly. Or children. So, what stories have we got about children? Go on. I know you've got at least a few on the list. Now, <laughs> in my headphones, that was the biggest sigh I've ever heard. I think. On the whole, there's not that many, is there? There's the there's the poor one whose grandmother brought her grandchildren in, and um, twins twins came into the studio, and the the poor little girl went a funny colour and then threw up everywhere in the studio. I should say she was only about what eighteen months, two years. I think a little bit older than not that. Much. Not only, much. They were only just toddling. And uh, you know, so we do our bit, disinfect everything, clean everything up, and they said, "Oh yeah, you can carry on with the photo shoot." And we're there no. going, "No, no, please take her home. No, she went please green. wrap her up in a tube." The poor child okay. went bottle green, threw up all over the studio floor. We cleaned it up, expecting that's the end of the shoot. We'll reschedule, and I think there's a generation of you know, well, we'll cope. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you might, but no, because. She was green. The little girl had gone green. I remember that really clearly. And then yes. the panic that we're all going to go down with something. Yeah, yeah. We cancelled everything for the rest of the day, didn't well, we? At that just stage, in case just we, just, a... just in case we were going to carry germs over to somebody else. You know, we we were disinfected. The studio was disinfected. Yes. Oh bless. We got the shoot in though. We did. We did go back and do the shoot in the end. It was beautiful. Yeah, they came back when they felt a little bit better. A little bit better. She couldn't have felt any worse. Yeah, and it's one of the questions we ask now is the to make sure everybody's yeah. feeling well on the day because it's really easy to reschedule. But if we've in, they've invested the time and we've invested the time in a shoot and they feel poorly or um, they don't feel right, you know, they're they're going to every time they look at those pictures, they're going to go back to how yeah, they feel. That's right. And we want them to feel amazing and have a lovely time and be excited yeah. and not I, go I seem to spend my life talking about the fact we sell memories not pictures in this particular part of our business yes and if the memories are of your child throwing up <laughs> it's not gonna go well so yeah if, if it, it's there's always a pressure though isn't it to try and because your diaries well certainly our diary in the summer is so complicated yeah you know, we don't do that many shoots, but that's because we spend a lot of time doing shoots. It's not like I can drop it back in, but no, that's it. And we're we're booked up six to eight weeks in advance, so yeah. it's it's a it's a big thing. But you know, you have to take have the view to. that there's yeah. no point doing it. Absolutely no point whatsoever. There's no point doing the shoot for zero sales. No, and also stories that are going to be retold about you in the studio and the fact that they're not great stories. It might no. be funny, and we might be nice and how we dealt with it, but. If you if if yeah, if a family's not feeling well, we'll do it another time. If the weather's not great, we'll do it another time. Yes. I mean, don't worry, we'll figure it out. Um, even I mean, we have a studio. If it's if people want studio images, indoor images, that's fine. But we're very careful about making sure the memories that 
we're investing in are the ones that uh, the client's going to really enjoy <laughs> reliving. Oh, God. I just remember, I remember that poor child. Green. She was green. Bless her. I know. What other stories you got on your list there? What about your list? What My list? Well, I didn't, as you might have expected, I didn't bring a list. I mean, stuff happens to me. I remember I th- to the wedding one. Yes, I was going to say, I think I've got more wedding stories than anything else. Mm. Is the, because it's where it all happens, isn't it? It's just you just... Well, it's such a pressure point for all of us. Yes. You know, you, you kind of... Portrait shoots, and we, we're so chilled with portrait shoots that disasters are rare. You know, they just... We've had ones where people turn up with black eyes and people say, can you Photoshop that out? No. Uh, we've had all sorts of things like broken arms. Those are always a good one. Um, we generally reschedule the shoot if we find out someone's got a broken arm. Uh, but with weddings, of course, I arrive at a venue and then it unfolds in front of me. And I think every wedding photographer probably has similar stories. I don't think these are necessarily uh, unique. I mean, the one I love to tell when I'm pitching is the bridesmaid when I uh, what I used to do was uh, used to turn up at the hotel ask at reception to be guided up to the room knock on the room and somebody would open the door and let me in and then I'd get the pictures of the bridal party getting ready until one wedding where an enthusiastic bridesmaid opened the door and I walked in to find the other bridesmaids slightly less enthusiastic possibly because most of them weren't wearing anything oh dear. and that was a moment <laughs> I don't know who went red more, me or them, me probably, as I'm retreating backwards out of the hotel room. And from now on in, I asked the question at the reception, could you ring up to the room and could you check that they're ready for me to be there, please? Yes. <laughs> uh, what was the other one? The, the one that stuck in my mind was turning up at um, the room and I could hear, I was. I turned up with the guys from reception. This is a, particularly ven- a particular venue where the receptionist will actually walk me to the room it's very personal service, beautiful, like the best venue in the world. And we got to the outside of the door and we could hear the mother and the bride properly having a row. I mean, you could hear it down the corridor. Uh, and uh, myself and the receptionist backed away from the door for a minute trying to figure out what to do. But of course, I've got timings. I've got to do the job that the bride has asked me to do. And when it calmed down, we knocked on the door and the door crept open an inch, I think. And clearly, you could see the tension in the bride's face. And we said, shall I come back? And she said, yes. So as long as I worked it out, uh, and I came back. And the the day evolved. Um, And it's just one of those moments. And I think having heard the shouting, it was just one of those moments where the bride was stressed. The weather was, it was one of those inclement weddings where the weather had broken, hadn't it? It was just horrible. But I think there's quite often those with the portrait shoots as well more often than not when um a family arrives with us at the studio they're rowing there's a there's a row <laughs> oh, they're, and they're not speaking you know and it's it's a proper i think it's a pressure point of getting everybody there especially where there's young children involved and they're all dressed yeah. perfectly and they've managed to get them here in the car and then they arrive and then there's a proper <sighs> and uh, you know you do a very good job at taking all that tension out very well, you have quickly, to, don't you? But do you remember the guy that turned up with his family? It was, it, I don't know what the deal was. I think he was a, a, a present for his wife, was to get pictures of his kids or their kids. This is in, we're going a long way back now. This is when the studio was in our garage. I say garage. It was a really posh studio. Yeah. But it was a converted <laughs> garage. And this was it was on a Sunday, and lovely family, nice guy, lovely beautiful kids, and he presented them to me. And said, they're yours. I'm going down the road to get a cup of coffee. And literally turned around and disappeared. Leaving me with four kids. uh, I think ages three to ten, I think, from recollection. And in a flat spin because I've got to get photographs. But I'm also now the parent. Yeah, it's free childcare, isn't it? I admired his balls, for want of a better word. Because he got a, a chilled Sunday down the local coffee shop having bacon and eggs or whatever. And I got a very stressful day, not just taking photographs, but essentially babysitting four kids under 10. Yes. And we never did that again. Never did that again. No. Well, I think it's illegal. I, I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not a child mind. So I'm not qualified. <laughs> <laughs> so we now insist on, I mean, after that day, we insisted on. Well, it was just old, isn't it? You know, they, you would think 
He would have wanted to have stayed. Well, I thought he'd be in the pictures, but he actually wanted... I, I mean, the thing is, I don't know... No. We don't know the backstory. We don't know what stresses and strains he'd had to get through to get himself there with these four kids. I mean, yes. it could have been a nightmare, and he just had enough. But nonetheless, that, that happened just once in my entire career, because I never, I never thought it would happen. And then when it did, of course, we've put in safety measures to make sure that can never, ever, ever happen again. Yes. Now, my job is to be there with you, not instead of you. <laughs> I'm not your kids. I can't. I just, I'm sure that's not legal. No. Yeah. But the when we sh- have shown um, the pictures to the, either the families or the couples, I've, I quite often have couples who um, tally up how many pictures they're yeah. in. That's really funny. Yeah. And uh, there's a, always a discussion of um, favoritism with the children. But yeah. we go, oh no, you've got three of those. So that that way you'll never live that one down. <laughs> I, I try really hard to shoot in a rhythm anyway. Yes. But it is easy to slide. If you've got one child that just doesn't really want to be photographed, you, you have to invest a lot of energy in that one character to get the shots to match up with your other siblings. Of course you do. But if I'm having a bad day, it's really hard to stay focused on keeping it even. And it's always tempting when the child, every shot is of a child running away from you. <laughs> it's really tempting just to say, well, he's fine. I'm going to photograph the others. Yes. No, you have to do that. You have to make... And then your selection has to be... Oh, I'm quite careful on the yeah. selection. Yeah, that, that it's, I don't mind if it's sort of one or two, one way or the other, but um, I will usually go back and make sure I select... Uh, so it's a fairly even. Just um, And we're very, very even in the, uh, f- the frames and the um, yeah. ideas we put together. Yeah. Because otherwise, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it's really funny when we show them the pictures and the clients like, we didn't think you'd got anything. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, what do you think I do for a living? Of course, I got the pictures. And obviously, then I went and had a lie down in a dark room with some anodine or something strong. Yes. But of course, you get the pictures. But I think our job is to make sure the clients have a really lovely time That's and it. to just take any any of the heat out of the situation. But sometimes it it, it can be. I remember one shoot where I'm lying on the grass taking a picture. It was In the end, it was a picture of the parents while the two children jumped up and down on my back. <laughs> it took me a day to recover. And a lot of painkillers. Literally, they jumped up and down my back. But the, the parents loved the pictures because every time the, the kids went back into the frame, I still took those shots. There was lots of energy and it was vibrant and funny. Yeah, and, and I limped. And <laughs> <laughs> I remember when, the, when they went and I walked back upstairs to you and Michelle, the both of you were like, would you like a cup of tea? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I really, really would. Yes, and a hot bath. And a yeah. hot bath, yeah. <laughs> and I rubbed down with a hot towel. And... Yes. I think the um, one of the funny, usually the most organised brides always have a stressful moment. You know, the... There, there's a few where we've been colour coded, haven't we? On, yeah. the, on the plans, we were yellow. We were yellow. Yes, <laughs> we got the six-page plans through yeah. that we had to read, and it was it was it was down. It was I think it was to the minute, pretty much. Yeah. Of where we had to be when. Yes. There was there was no bit that said when we were to be creative. We just had locations and goodness within yes. that framework. And um, I always remember it really did get too much when she arrived at the church, and. Um, just laid out laid out on the floor yeah. because it had all got far too much for her and you and me were just looking at each other going oh my goodness what, what, do, we what, do, what do we do now what do we do now because she's she's actually on she's the floor, on the floor with, in yeah. her beautiful yeah. white wedding dress with her bridesmaids using orders of service to cool her down they're cool her down and someone found a bag didn't they and she did <laughs> yeah. the whole breathing through a bag. Paper bag and then i walked back inside and the groom-to-be is um looking at me thinking what's going on I'm thinking honestly you I couldn't make it up to tell you what's going on yeah. outside nothing at all nothing at all everything's fine. absolutely yeah, fine it's yeah. all fine was it was it in um four weddings there's a problem with the flowers that's yes. right there's a million problems with the flowers <laughs> yes. someone's got hay fever yeah. with the we're flowers. just waiting for another guest to arrive yes but goodness that was and quite often we're caught in that coordination role aren't yeah. we with um people look to you because a photographer generally knows what's going on or well, we do has got their ear to the ground yeah. on what's going on and who's talking to who but that one was fun that was funny and then there was the uh, really sad st- well quite hilarious but it was very sad for her of the bridesmaid where the, her cousins had um fed her pims 
for the nice. whole the whole ceremony uh, well the whole um celebrations and said that pims didn't have any alcohol yeah, in it, it, was, it the, to be clear that the, the bridesmaid was what 15 14 15 wasn't very old at early all. teens and her cousin was 22 and was he was feeding her by the pint glass as far oh, as i could tell pims yeah and telling her it was just juice yeah <laughs> so through a very 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 posh wedding mm. the speeches were, <laughs> were broken up by the little girl yeah. vomiting yeah. <laughs> yeah that wasn't great was it oh god that was awful didn't uh, none of us knew quite what to do because well there isn't nothing there isn't anything you can oh, do just awful. absolutely awful provide support and deflect yeah. that was another one we'll do this again in a minute let's just yeah. this. Yeah, let's have another go at that show. have another go at that one yeah. but yes oh bless her i remember that so well yeah but fortunately there are very few of those very very few of those stories aren't there oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i remember one auntie collapsing oh yes that was oh. a good one yeah and no the, what about it was it the the grandmother no it was an aunt it was a great aunt great aunt and it was it was a military wedding. It was beautiful. I mean, it was in, it was it was in this incredible venue. And this this, I mean, if, if any of our clients ever listen into this, you know, you have to understand these are all stories told with affection because this particular client's gone on to stay with us, and they're an incredible family. And it, they they even back then had become one of our favourite clients because they were just the nicest people. Uh, but the bride, as as it was a hot day, big group shot. I took I I managed to get two shots off. And then suddenly I noticed that I was missing... A, it was about 150 people, but I was clearly missing a hat. It disappeared because the poor lady had <laughs> dropped like a stone to the floor. To which all of the military trained in the party had jumped to what they do best, which is deal with an emergency. They'd scooped her up, laid her out. They'd cleared the drinks table, literally slid the drinks to the side and laid her out on it, called an ambulance... And the reaction of the bride, who's like, she's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Oh, she's lovely. They're lovely. They're a lovely family. She looked at me and she looked at her husband, who's now her husband, and looked back at me and she said, she does this at every <laughs> wedding. Ignore her. <laughs> <laughs> so we carried on taking pictures and, and I'm constantly saying, are you sure you don't want to check on your... She does it at every... She'd overdone the gin. It was the combination of the gin and the heat. So although the ambulance had been called, nothing to do. Just go away again. No, because I was saying to you, goodness, this is going to be awful. What if she oh. dies or the rest of it? Where? And the, the bride was like, no, no. Carry on. <laughs> carry on. <laughs> it's my wedding. She does this at every wedding. Yes. <laughs> I think the groom was a bit surprised. Yeah. Oh, dear. My favourite story of you at a wedding, because it was done so beautifully, was, uh, I think the venue was called The Lemon Tree in Oxford. And the registrar's, had said, and it was a day when unusually you were assisting with a camera. You've assisted me a lot, but it's rare that you're holding a second camera for me. Yeah. And the the uh, registrars looked around the room and said, "Ladies and gentlemen," <laughs> peanut, that peanut go down the wrong way. They said, "Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'd quite appreciate it if nobody took any pictures during the ceremony. In particular, please don't use flash." <laughs> At which point, you knocked your shutter release, and your camera was pointing into a corner which meant the flash went off at absolute full power and lit the whole room. You couldn't have made it up. <laughs> I think that I retired from... You did. From, you backed away yeah. going crimson because it was so... I mean, the, you just... Everyone was laughing. Yeah. Even the registrars were looking and just laughing their heads off at you. Mm. Please, no flash photography. Bang. <laughs> uh, anyway, what else have you got on that list of yours? I think there's only... I've got only one really, really good one, which taught us an awful lot. Um, which was, again, it's on pre-planning and um, making sure there's enough time and some contingency and some more. When we did our fabulous holiday that we took the children away to the Caribbean <gasps> for Christmas, um, and always the caveat was that we had to be back on something like the 5th of January because we had a wedding. So... I'd built in, I think it was two days, two three days. days. I think it was 48 hours. 48 mm. hours for us to be back in the country and um, thought nothing could ever go wrong that would take us more than 48 hours to get back. Um, but we we were a long way away, so, you know, I, and Paul was, all, was already a bit twitchy about it. Well, we... we <laughs> 
<laughs> we, we we go to we flew back from Atlanta. Yeah, it was Atlanta. Yeah, never been to Atlanta before. We we oh. saw a lot of it mm. by the end. Uh, so we um, t- took off the first time, wasn't it? And uh, I got about forty five minutes into the flight, and uh, there was knocking on the aeroplane. So never anything like this has ever happened before so they said oh we're really sorry we're gonna have to take you back to Atlanta because we don't want to go across the Atlantic um so we're taking you back and we'll switch you over to another plane no problem at all we'll get you back so Paul instantly is really twitchy the children start panicking and then we've got a couple of people in front of us who start praying yeah that was alarming that was alarming. So we all decided, I think... Well, we they said, as they, the announcement went along the lines of, we're not regarding this as an emergency, but we don't want to... We can hear the same knocking that you can hear. We're not regarding this as an emergency. So we're going to go back and land and transfer you to another aircraft. Well, I don't know what they class as an emergency, but they closed the runways and there were fire crew and fire tenders all the way along it. Yeah. I mean, we landed. It, it felt like we were celebrities because yeah. there were so many people greeting us. Yeah. So we got off the plane. Yeah, there were people praying. Um, our kids handled it actually pretty well. well. We did. I think we were watching. Didn't we watch the Hitman? Something. It was a really good film that was on. That was all encompassing. And I just said, look, turn it up really loud. It was a Hitman's bodyguard. A Hitman's bodyguard. Turn it up really loud. Don't think of anything and just watch the film. And we'll soon be back. And it was all mm. right. And did we switch then? Didn't we? Yeah, we landed. And they switched us. Very quickly onto a second two plane. Two hours later, we took off again, which is now the late night slot. So we the first flight was like 11 o'clock, which would have got us back in the UK. Was it 7 o'clock in the morning, in the morning mm. but 24 hours to go. So they put us on the second flight, which would have got us back with about 12 hours to go before my wedding or something like that. Uh, we took off. We got an hour into the flight. This is a new crew and a new plane. And then they made the announcement, didn't they? Mm. It is exactly the same, ladies and gentlemen. We too can hear the same knocking you're hearing. <laughs> As a precautionary measure, we're going to turn back. And this this flight made the news in the States. It made NBC and Fox. They were interviewing American passengers, because British passengers, we're not good media fodder, I don't think. But no. the, the American passengers, they interviewed them so, because it was the only flight that ever had two emergency landings. Yep. Went back to Atlanta again. Yep. Yep. At which point they made the announcement, having sat in an airport for another two hours, no more flights tonight. And then I had my meltdown. Proper breakdown. Yep. Proper breakdown in the uh, airport. Yeah. Full on. Um, well, what do I do now? I've got a wedding. Absolutely. And they, they put us on a flight the next day. Yeah, uh, so they put us overnight flight, uh, in Atlanta. Put us on a flight the next morning. They put, us on, they put us in a hotel, but we've got no bags. We've only got, we've only got our hand luggage because all the other, everything else stayed checked in. Yeah. So we were, we, I remember blagging, or you blagging the hotel to get some toothpaste. Yeah, they, they gave us toothbrushes, toothbrushes oh. and toothpaste. And they were, we had a really nice breakfast and then we were back on the plane and they upgraded everything, didn't they? Yeah. They pulled out all the stops. Oh, yeah. And we got so much. Except that, for the timings. Yeah. So I landed. And I, to be fair, this story is one of those stories, but we have to, I have since told the client, on the day of the wedding, I didn't say a word. We landed at 7.30 in the morning at Heathrow. And I was shooting a wedding at 10.30 in the morning in where we live. Just down, Luckily, it was just down the road from where we live. Road. I'd had the sense to get all of the kit. Because I'm, I'm, the reason we're flying is because I'm working. I was working with the cruise company. And we'd taken the kids with us. So I'd made sure the kit was packed, ready to roll. And luckily, none of it got lost. It was, I had it with me. It was charged and everything was backed up and, and reformatted. So I was ready to go. And on top of that... I'd already booked my assistant just in case. And I'd done that weeks in advance. Yeah. Because it you can't you can't leave it to chance. But um, how I got through that day, I was now jet lagged, freaked out. Just uh, and it, in the end it was a beautiful wedding. Oh, and they're still our client. We saw them the last was it last year or the year before? Yeah, it was, it was last, last year. year. Yes. Just With the nicest. Baby client. number two. Yes. Yeah, beautiful. Because yes. that was the other thing, is during that wedding I spotted that she must be pregnant. It was when she came back to um, see the pictures, isn't it? Because I always do cheeses, yeah. and she wouldn't eat anything, and she was a bit of a funny colour, and it, we, it happens quite a lot on our mm. reveals. They say we've not told anyone, but um, <laughs> but we yeah. can't have we can't, we can't have eat soft that. cheese, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anything unpasteurized. Yeah. Bless them. Yeah, so. I mean the thing is, you learn, don't you? I mean, all of these stories are funny, but they're all things we've learnt from to try and put more contingency and make things. Yes. More and more fail safe 
but there'll always be something. Do you remember yeah. Kelly ripping the front off my camera? <laughs> Bless her. I hope Kelly's out there somewhere doing well. I think she is. Uh, she was my assistant. And me and her turned up at a wedding, got out the car, and it was my dad's Morgan. It was the, the, it, oh, it was your midlife crisis right? car. Well, it wasn't my midlife crisis. It wasn't my car. But uh, my parents had taken our kids and our shogun so they could have all of the kids and the, and the cousins to go on holiday with. And, and in return, dad lent me his little two-seater red sports car, little bright red Morgan, which is just hilarious, trying to do a wedding with a ladder strapped onto the spare wheel and our bags. You had to take the roof down to get our bags into the car. And we turned up, me and Kelly, to do a wedding. And we got out of the car, uh, started to rig up, and literally I saw her face. And she'd put the wide-angle lens onto her camera body wrongly and had ripped the front off both, ripped the front off the camera and the back off the wide-angle lens, my 17 to 35. And luckily... I mean, bless her. I mean, I could see it in her eyes. I mean, she was just horrified. Um, we had three cameras, not two. So she had a spare. That was fine. I only had two of the wide angle, though. So one was now destroyed. And me and her then had to just, depending which of us was shooting, what we, we split it between us. Uh, the client never knew, ever. I know, even now, they don't know that we'd had that kind of disaster. And those disasters happen. Lenses fail, shutters fail, cameras fail. In that instance, uh, it wasn't Kelly's fault. It was just one of those things. But it cost me nearly £1,000 in repairs. And I think I aged. Yeah. I think <laughs> I aged doing that wedding. Oh, man. That's why we carry so many spares. That's why my purchasing bill's so high. So really? That's why I have so much really? kit. This why. So I have so much kit. Yes. <laughs> no, was it 12 years of lots and lots of entertaining things have happened and it's just I must say it's been it has uh, I've been exposed to things I never thought I ever ever would do but it is a job that makes you smile every day because you are I think exposed to celebrations in people's lives and you can't help but be swept along by all that love and enjoyment and affection and it is I think one of the best jobs in the world in that sense to be around oh, all it, of this it, it so completely is um I mean, we have the nicest clients. Yes. I just I won one over the weekend. A client who I'm really hoping is going to be is going to be a continuation of that relationship because just it was just a wedding picture of tons of laughter and joy and affection, and that's our business. That's that's what it is. I mean, we tell the war stories because they're funny, and there's loads more we can't tell, of course. Yeah, the dark, slightly darker stories. Uh, there are lists and lists and lists of them, but on the whole, well, not on the whole. Our clients are amazing. And we run this little business with me, you and Michelle working out of our studio here in Haddenham. And generally that's been, that's been what I've missed. The ability to do that. You know, you can do the creative bit. We can look after the websites. We can answer the emails, but actually being there laughing like a drain <laughs> or sweating profusely if something's gone horribly wrong. Yes. So here's hoping in the next few weeks as we start to unlock that'll all start to happen all over again and of course when it does start to unlock by then i'll have a workshop and you'll have a bar by the sound of it <laughs> that was a little bit i didn't know that was coming but hey you know a bar's no bad thing uh, we'll get that sorted uh so anyway to all of my listeners 100 episodes in and the podcast is still growing thank you to every single one of you thank you for the people who listen Thank you to the people who email me, email me in. Thank you to the people who don't but still listen because we can see the audience stats continually growing. And it's a lovely thing. I sit here with a microphone and I chat away and on the whole, people seem to find it at the very least reassuring that there are idiots like me out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please do subscribe wherever it is that you uh, consume your podcasts. Just hit that subscribe button and then... Well, weirdly, every time there's a new episode, it appears on your phone or iPad or computer or wherever it is that you listen. Uh, if you have any questions, please do email me. I'm paul at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk. If you have questions for Sarah, because this is an unusual episode, <laughs> then please do email sarah at paulwilkinsonphotography.co.uk. And of course, uh, if yes, portrait photography is your thang, then please head over to masteringportraitphotography.com, which is this awesome resource that we are continually building. For those of us that just love portrait photography, the creativity of it, the business side of it, 
then do head over there. Uh, if, you's, if you're turning pro and you'd like to have a consultation or a masterclass with us, again, drop us an email. We will be more than happy uh, to help out in any way we can. And remember, whatever else and whatever cock-ups are happening in your life, be kind to yourself. Take care. All right? Yeah, all right. Yeah, it's great. Wine. And I need wine.